skateboarding. Alright, cool. And recording up here as well. Can I get a check check on you? Check check. Alright, very cool. Alright, cool beans. You wanna take us in or uh, bring us sure. in? Or? I'll bring us in, it's not a big deal. Just let me know when you're ready. I believe we are. Yeah, we're recording. And... Okay. Well, welcome back to another episode of Shock Treatment. We are doing part two of our Creep Show episode. We're going to discuss episodes four through six with my awesome co-host, Matt. Is that me? That's you. Couldn't do it without you. Oh, I... I that, that really warmed <laughs> my heart up to hear that. Damn, I wasn't expecting all... You know, praise like that and good feels right at the top of the hour of shock treatment with Mel and Maddie. Come on, Mel. Thanks. You want Oh, I know. I just brought a tear to your eye. I'm so sorry. Well, on an, uh, with an episode where we talk about the Creep Show series, te- tears, happy tears of joy, um, <clears throat> is the tear to have. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. Well, the overall. <clears throat> Dying over there. So the overall. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, I know. No, no, no COVID situation. Everything's okay. Don't worry about me. Um, if um, so yeah, the creep show. You know, so far I'm pretty happy with what I've seen. Like I've stated before, I feel like it is a little more. Um, it's a little more edgier. Afraid of? Uh, are you afraid of the dark? Than it is more of a tales from the crypt, which I think you even said yourself uh, that it was more. You know, the movies. They have that more of that kitty element to them, which I agree. Um, I don't know. For some reason, I was just feeling like we were going to get more of a Tales from the Crypt thing, but I'm not angry with that. Uh, you know, edgy or Are You Afraid of the Dark? I support that. What's your take? Yeah, I, I think that I'm, I'm hoping that they're, just because it's season one, that they're just playing it safe and that, you know, when season two comes out, they're a little, a little more scary and have a little more substance to each story but they haven't been all that bad i mean there's a few couple of episodes that are kind of boring to me anyways i mean something that's boring to me might intrigue somebody else yeah so yeah and you're right with that you know i think uh season one they are kind of testing the waters and they don't want to go too crazy and do something that might get them in trouble though they were shutter originally though right yeah, they still are. Um, yeah, but like AMC, like 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 a platform where you really have to worry about offending people didn't really come into play until recently. They released it. Yeah, they um they released the season I think to fill in space for The Walking Dead. So they started showing um the first season on AMC, and with the commercials added in with it, it really does take it takes away from it even more yeah. because like each story is about forty five minutes to an hour you know, like each episode. So, you know, then you've got like 15 minutes worth of commercials in between each story. And, you know, so it's like, it feels like you're missing something. It breaks it. Yeah. It breaks it up if you're getting into it. And then it kind of kills the vibe of the whole scenario. And there was an episode in this, this, this batch of, uh, shows where they could they use they drop the the fuck bomb like a bunch of times where like they really let you know that this is uh that must have been edited down for tv pretty well 
Oh yeah, it was definitely. I because I watched a few of them um, just to see the difference and having the commercials. Just like I said, it really took away from it. So I gave up on trying to rewatch it on AMC with the commercials and just went back and re- rewatched everything on Shutter. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, Shutter. I, I one of these days I gotta check out Shutter a little deeper. If anybody from the Shutter channel's listening, you should you should definitely by all means give me a Mad Mel free Shutter subscription so we could talk about it all the time. If I was given a free Shutter subscription, I would probably talk about it every episode. I have it. I I added the channel through my Amazon Prime, so it's like I mean it's not expensive anyways. It's like four dollars a month. Oh, really? That's not bad. Yeah, it's not super expensive, but, like, everything that's on it, with the exception of, like, certain TV, certain shows, I either own the movie or have seen it a a million times, so there's nothing really new on there that I want to watch, with the exception of Creepshow, so, you know, there might be a couple of other things sprinkled in here and there, but I'm not all that, you know, excited about it. Is Shutter commercial free, or does that have marketing? It's commercial free. It is? Okay, cool. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was another one that was getting pushed. Did, did you ever hear about Slasher? I remember, like, it, the, the last couple cons before they shut down, they were pushing one called Slasher. Um, I haven't checked that one out yet. Um, I I had um, Screenbox at one point, and that was uh, absolutely craptastic. So I got rid of it like within a week because there was everything on there was ancient or again, I've seen it a million times. So I was like, I'm not going to pay for this when I already own all of these movies. It's a monster TV HD. Yeah. Hell yeah. There's a lot of them. Um, I just got a fire stick yeah. because my, uh, my Android box crapped out on me and like, there's so many different horror channels on that. And they say, some of them say they're free, and then others, like, once you start the app, it tells you, it asks you to pay for it, and so I'm like, eh. They do that buddy thing, like, it's free, but let us just get your credit card info so we can be consider ourselves close friends. Yeah, no, you're not getting my credit card info. You're free, you don't need it until the trial's over. <laughs> the good old trial, then you dump them. Yeah. It's like a court trial, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just without the going to jail part. There's more at stake with a um, a trial for like a computer program or something. So back to reality here a little bit. We're going into the creep show realm. Uh, as we've said before, you know, I think we're both very happy with the state of it so far. Um, my expectations haven't been like disappointed. You know what I mean? I haven't been super, you know, fanboyed out about it. There's a few times like when they do. You know, like um, the Jeffrey Combs scene from the first uh, batch of episodes we did. Like I said, he was the best. That episode I didn't really like, but I really liked him a lot in that. I thought that he did a really great job. And there's a visual in there where, like, they really mess with the light lighting creep show style where, like, they kind of zoom in on him a little bit and, it, and the background switches to that black and red, like, jagged design and the the, the lights go red um, and you do like moments like that is when I kind of fanboy and go, yeah, you know what I mean? But for the most part, like I'm pretty even on this ride with it. You know, I'm pretty happy with it. Not, not disappointed. Um, but, uh, not too, 
not too crazy with it. You know, I got it for 10 bucks. I bought it for 10 bucks digital on, uh, my, through my PlayStation situation. So, uh, yeah, like I'm happy with that 10 bucks. I'm happy with getting the whole, whole season for 10 bucks in HD isn't a bit, isn't, you know, that's pretty good. So I'm not, I'm not complaining. The only thing better would be free or I don't know. One of these fire sticks you speak of. I'm yeah, like, it's, it's, it's yeah, the Fire Sticks made it good, and I'm like, if I could jailbreak it, it would be even better, because then I could download stuff for free, but I don't feel like jailbreaking it. <laughs> you don't want to download stuff for free anyways. Yeah, I know, because then that'll start an issue for pi- piracy and, you know, that whole shebang. <laughs> yeah, piracy is an unfortunate thing. I did hear, somebody told me, I don't know if there was any legitimacy to it, that that person that accused us, had they accused them, and I don't know if it was true, but... uh the person who, yeah, I don't know. The person who said it was kind of questionable, so I don't know. But yeah, that whole thing was a weird situation. But we don't support piracy at the shock treatment show. We support no, piracy. definitely not. We we uh support our our peers in this, and you know we want everybody to make their money on whatever it is. You know, you're not you're not pirating something if it's on YouTube and you're watching it and telling other people that it's on YouTube. I barely support digital media for crying out loud. Like, seriously, it's, like, I don't know, people are ridiculous, but I guess, you know, that made everybody proud that I, you know, after, like, a month and a half of doing this show, I already had hate mail. <laughs> well, that's the beauty. That's that's how you know you're doing something all right. Right? Yeah. Um, so, let's start, let's uh, hop up into the, the these bad boys here, you know, our first, you know, part two to our ongoing creep show series, uh, collection of uh, episodes here and um, you know episode four uh, you know this is four through six episode four we have the companion and Liddy Lane's better half that those are the those are the two segments that opened up the first episode um, the first one uh, the companion you know directed by Dave, David Bruckner he returned he's done a couple episodes already uh, in, in the show I think he actually did the werewolf one that I'm not a huge fan of yep. he, he also did uh, one that I was a big fan of so he's he's cruising he's cruising for a good deal with me you know what I mean um, yep. you know writer Matt Venny starring Logan Allen uh, Voltaire Colin Council Dylan Gage and Aferno Alamanani. You know, it's the, the scarecrow guy's building a buddy out of a scarecrow to be his companion. Yeah, after his wife part passes away. He lost his wife. He put some type of decoration or button, I think, on it. It was like some, like, uh, what do they call those things? A dolly or something like that, where they knit, like, the little tablecloth thingy majingums. I don't know. They put, like, coffee cups on them. I think that's, like, what he put on the chest of it. I believe. Yeah, I guess kind of like keep the spirit inside of it, and and then I think the kid like knocks it off or something. Yeah, he's doing chase by he the- goes into the house because he's hiding from his brother that's you know brutally bullying him. So yeah, I knew I was definitely getting into an adult, um, more adult. Are you afraid of the dark with this episode for sure? You know, yeah, I- because there was a yeah because there was a, a scarecrow episode in yeah that movie i i've kind of felt that too there's been a couple of episodes that have felt you know a little bit nostalgic towards other movies and shows and whatnot that i've seen so every show's kind of touched based on the scarecrow at one point you know 
Tales from the Crypt. And, and you, you got to take into consideration the show is coming from Greg Nicotero, and he loves to use Easter eggs. So, you I'm, know, there's always going to be anything that he's involved with. You know you're going to see something that he's either worked on in the past or that, you know, he's just giving a shout out to that he enjoyed coming up and you know before he started doing what he's you know all his work on right. stuff so well that's probably my favorite part about the creep show series is all the callbacks it does to you know not only its own franchise but yeah like other like i've i've i've, I've got some hints of body john carpenter's body bags in there some tales from the crypt some are you afraid of the dark type feels you know what i mean um, I think it's which is cool because when you take into consideration the fact that this is really a reboot, it's good because it there's something for everybody involved. You know, it's 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 new and fresh to those that are you know just starting to watch Creep Show. But for us people, you know, for us or other people that grew up with the original Creep Show series, it, there's enough of the throwbacks to captivate us and have us keep watching as well. Yeah, it's true. You know what I mean. I always kind of feel I I forget always that it has that that the originals have that kitty element with the whole comic book wraparound because you know you deal with horror and serious uh, horrifying subjects and you know the kid element is a big big element of the films you know. I mean? But if but if it didn't have that like kid element with the with like with the comic scenes in between, it wouldn't be a reboot because you know that was like what they focused on so much in the original series. Well, I'm not mad at that at all. No, not at all. And and I the love creeper it. looks the creeper is even scarier now than he was when we were kids. Yeah, the the, the animation, uh, the artwork, animation, and like the still anim, like the um, the you know, puppets they use and stuff for like the creeper. Because I know that you know there's a few shots where they try and you know redo that famous shot from you know the original there where where it's like in the window and it's yeah. Like a skeleton. I want to say that like. That was a real skeleton too, and like the original, some they had some weird. I want to say I heard some weird Tom Savini story about that skeleton, or maybe it was just really difficult. Maybe the effect was really difficult. There was something like very uh, awkward or whatever about that 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 building. That prop. the original one. Yeah. Yeah, because this new one looks more animatronic for some reason to me. I don't know if it's CGI or animatronic, but it it doesn't have that realism to it like the original there's going to be sag rules and such that actors can't be performing with real dead bodies well so, i don't mean real, real dead bodies I but <laughs> i will if, if the savini thing was correct that they use like a like a legitimate skeleton like back in that like poltergeist was supposedly cursed because they, they used real skeletons for like that pool scene yeah, because they, they had ordered them from India or something because they were, like, super cheap. And they didn't realize that they were real skeletons because they were supposed to be, like, fake skeletons. They How weren't awesome. expecting. How awful is that? They, they get an order and they look at, like, five people that are still alive and they're like, hope you had a good breakfast. Right. <laughs> you know, and that, then that's how skeletons are made, boys and girls, when you order them online. Especially um, from India. From India, yeah. India, India's great people. You know, and we don't want to burden with with the with the with the burden of that. Um, you know, if you even though you melt people down into skeletons from the south, fifteen. <laughs> that doesn't mean you're bad people. Okay, it just means you know 
how far you can stretch a buck, you know. Um, but I, yeah, I liked the companion was fun. Um, that, that segment branched over into another segment that I, I didn't think was that fun. Um, yeah. Lydia Lane's better half. Yeah. You want to talk a little bit about that one? I'll let you open that one up. Open uh, up. well, the, the basis on the, this was by the story was by John Harrison and Greg Nicotero yeah. and Lydia Lane. She's like a super rich, uh, CEO of a company. She kills her lover when it wasn't purposely, but well, it was over. Her, the lover was jealous because she didn't get the promotion that she was expecting to get. Well, yeah. So they start fighting. She gets knocked out, cracks her head open on a table, and dies. So as she's trying, as Lydia's trying to dispose of the body, she goes into an elevator. And when she goes into the elevator, the power goes out. And I, I guess, I don't know from like the guilt of what was, was going on or whatever. She's just starts seeing things appearing in the elevator until, you know, pretty much the story ends. It, but it was not exactly my favorite of the two on that episode. Yeah. Um, I'll agree. It was, it was lacking. I, I think that was something that needed a little more to it than there was. Mm hmm. And because it doesn't, you know, it doesn't ex really explain, you know, the whole elevator situation and why she starts seeing stuff as soon as she goes into it. Like, is she on drugs? Like, what started the whole the thing? Visions? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it doesn't really, I'd have to give it a rewatch. But like I said, it wasn't like it wasn't one of the ones. Let's just say if that was a VHS on the shelf, uh, It'd be sitting there collecting dust. Collecting a little bit of dust. We'll say that. We'll give it the, the two-inch dust uh, rating. That would have two inches of dust on that VHS. But yeah, for real. I don't want to get too hard on it. Uh, we have the, the director, uh, Roxanne Benjamin, uh, which was a good I, – I enjoy her work. And I there is a, se uh, a segment coming up that I really enjoyed that she did. So I'll uh, – so it's okay that she, like, much like David Bruckner, who was in this category with her, sometimes you can take a hit on an episode and not be, you know, not, not be as well received, at least by me, and who the fuck cares about my opinion. Right, exactly. Or the next time you, they're going to hit it out of the park. Next time you're going to hit it out of the park, and that's that. My opinion only matters on the airwaves of shock treatment with Melanie. Mine too. You know what I mean? Which probably include the fact that there's going to be spoiler alerts, so anybody that hasn't watched this yet may not want to watch the either either listen or you know don't watch the show, whatever. But you know, watch the show anyway. <laughs> Form your own opinion. <laughs> well, that's what we're all about here. I, I felt like I was one of the last people to watch it. You know. Well, I I checked it out. I had nothing better to do when I when I saw that it was on. You know, and that was like I think right at the beginning of the whole COVID thing. So you know, what else were we supposed to do when you're quarantined to your house? Yeah, it's not like I wasn't interested in it. It's just whenever something pops up on a platform that I don't own or is a little difficult to get, unfortunately, I have to admit that like I don't seek too far. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's like there's a lot of stuff like that. Like, there's so much more I'd like to talk about, but like, I don't feel like paying. Like, I want to check out that new movie Antebellum, and I'm not trying to pay twenty dollars to watch it in my house because I can buy buy it for twenty dollars and then right, own it. Right. And you know, it's I'm not gonna do it. I'm just not. I work too hard for my money to you know spend twenty just to watch it for forty eight hours when I can own it and have it forever. She works hard for her money. <laughs> so hard for her money. I dig it. Now I'm with you on that. 
you know, that's the deal with everything's pumped out so much. Like back in, you know, further back, you were only getting, you know, the films by the masters. So like it was easy to stay on top of it, all the new releases and everything you wanted to stay on top of. But now it's just so there's so much stuff coming out that it's just you can't even keep up. with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and like the last couple of years have been really big for horror. So there's just been one thing after another, like, but even that we're right now with all this COVID stuff going on, you know, everything's getting pushed back. So it's like, it's even, it's making it even more difficult to stay on top of what's new and trending because of release dates getting pushed back. Yeah. No other genre pushes out product like horror too. Like there's no other type of film when you really think about it. Between now, because like comedies are like a dime a dozen, like, but as much as I like other genres of movies, I prefer the horror. So I'm kind of glad that they're pumping it all out. It just sucks with, you know, the delayed release. Yeah. Stuff going on because they're losing their audience just stream it. Like you're going to make your money regardless. So if you're going to stream it, stream it. But you know, like I said, people aren't going to want to pay $20 to watch it at home when they can buy it for $20 in the store and own it. Well, that's the thing, but I think we might actually be entering into a realm where that is more reality because you know, the, the movie business is a business and they, yeah, they got to make their money back. And that there, I'm sure there are people that, you know, you think of couples with kids and stuff like that that would love to get out and see these new movies but just can't get away. Like, I'm sure that, the you know, outside of even COVID, I'm sure the whole, that platform of the new movies going straight to, you know, digital on-demand platforms is probably making some pretty good cake, so. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's worthwhile if you've got, you know, a few people over to watch it, but, like, where if it's just me at home, Right. I don't want to spend the twenty dollars. I'll have a movie night, invite a few people over, and yeah. then it'll be worth my time to to rent it. But if it's just me, like I don't know about you, but right now with COVID, I'm not trying to have a bunch of people over my house. And I can tell you right now, any horror filmmaker does not want Mad Mel paying twenty five dollars for a horror movie being disappointed and coming. No, on. because then I will bash the hell out of it. <laughs> I'm not Willy Wonka. I'm not going to sugarcoat the fact that I don't like something. <laughs> the difference when you see something terrible for free and when you pay 20 bucks. Yeah, because sure. yeah. it's beyond disappointing. <laughs> Tears. People get teardrops, tattoos over shit like that, man. Yeah, well, we're not in prison either, and I didn't murder anybody yet, so. <laughs> no, no bodies have been found. Nope, we didn't let the bodies hit the floor yet. Let the bodies hit the flow. Were you a fan of um? Was that dead uh, drowning? Drowning pool? pool. Yeah, I like that's like the only song I know from them. I'm not even gonna lie. That was a weird thing. Yeah, dude died like right after, uh, like in the peak of their success. The singer of that, like right, like right after, like shortly after that was like the biggest deal in the world for a little bit. That they found him dead. He died and he dr- drunk himself to Drug death. Overdose. I think he drunk himself to death, but yeah, pretty much alcohol is a drug. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, 
And then they got a new singer, and I don't think it was ever the same. It hasn't been the same. Yeah, a lot of the times, if a, like I've noticed that too. Like if a band has to replace their frontman, they're yeah. never as popular again as they were with the original. Yeah, I mean, there's so much of the image that is connected to that singer. You know what I mean? That you can't. Yep. It's interesting. Uh, Same thing with movies, like when they replace like Kane or Robert in a horror movie, you know, people, people are going to know because that's what they're used to. So, well, the horror fans very supportive of their people, you know, like when they the our horror celebrities are just that celebrities where people meet them and cry and freak out and do all that stuff. You know what I mean? Like they feel these are these horror celebrities that can walk down the street, you know, go to their neighbor when they're home, go to their neighborhood grocery store and probably walk through and maybe one or two might say, Hey, what's up over it. But uh, they go to like a convention and it's like, you know, Jason Momoa, you know, walking into, you know, the corner store. FYE to be like, you guys got any Aquaman Blu-rays? You know what I mean? And then being like, yeah, he's going to get, he's going to get swarmed instantly. Yeah. So like, and it's weird because I don't, you know, there's, I've seen guys like cry meeting horror pe- iconic people and you in the other realms. You really only see that with like teeny bopper girls. And that's no offense to the dudes that are crying when they meet these people, because I understand that, you know, a lot of these horror films catch people the right place in their life. You know, maybe tough times where like they save them in a way they get them through things. So like, that's where that bond comes with and the characters you know what i mean yep so i understand that i'm not giving hard times to people that get emotional i understand because no, i've i've done it myself you know like with with when sid was alive i did it with sid like the second time i met him because mm. i was so excited that i got to see him again because i didn't think i would and you know and the fact that he even remembered me was a big deal the only time I ever cried when I met a celebrity was this time that uh, I met Alexander Hawk and he grabbed my nutsack. <laughs> it was in a dark room at a convention. Don't tell anybody they'll have me. They'll have me done away with. He's threatened to kill me over that before. For Sexual exposing, harassment on its finest. Um, exposing Tom Hanks and Alexander Hawk. <laughs> my, life, my life isn't threatened. But um, yeah. But yeah, the, like the super, like they get that super, and they deserve it because they, they, you know, we all love their films. But it's cool that they, you know, they have that ultra. They do get the, a taste of that ultra celebrity lifestyle, I think, at conventions, which is great. And it's like fun because you, when you hear those stories of, you know, people that were in these films that when they were like teenagers, they made or early twenties, they made, and like, yeah, there was a little buzz when it came out, but after that, they never heard about it. And then thirty years later, they like they're getting invited to conventions and like they're finding out that these, that their people love this film and love them and that what they, what they did in it. It's like, they're blown away by it. Cause it's like, you know, we're, we're all just regular people type deal. You know what I mean? But like, to, well, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of yeah. how I became such good friends with Felissa because I had never seen sleepaway camp. And then I met her at rock and shock in like 2015. And we were talking about the movie and, you know, I had told her I've never seen it, but I've seen her in other things. Yeah. And, you know, I, that night I went home, I got, I found Sleepaway Camp and I watched it and I was like, wow, this is like amazing. And the fact that she was only 13 when she made that movie, you know, made it stand out even more. And then the next time I saw her at a convention, which I believe was the first year of Scarecon in 2016, 
when they were still having it in Springfield, I saw her and she remembered me and like, she, we, we started talking about sleepaway camp, you know, she signed some sleepaway camp stuff for me and it's been on my list of favorite movies ever since because of the fact that it really was good. She's so relatable. Like she's got a great personality. So like to see her in that movie and then to see her in person makes it like a greater experience for people that have never been to a convention because you get to see a different side of them and you get to see the appreciative person that, you know, is thankful for the fact that their fans are still supporting a movie that came out in like 1982. Yeah, I'm gonna have to edit out the fact that you never seen Sleepaway Camp until after you met her. The horror, the horror uh, naturals were, will 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 get upset with you though. Girl. Be oh, angry. but she knows that. I told her that too. She thought it was funny because like the ex husband thought she was hot, you know, because she had on that little red dress of hers, and he wanted to take a picture with her. So I just went up and started being my usual charming self, and you know, he got a picture with her. She didn't even care; like she was just excited about the fact that you know she had new fans and we were being supportive. She's super cool too, you know. We're getting- yes, I absolutely adore her, and like she's actually a person that is genuine. Like I haven't had any complaints about anybody that I've had the opportunity to meet because they've all been fantastic. And it's been like the greatest experience doing this because we've been able to talk to so many awesome people about their work. Yeah. The best ones are the ones that are down to earth and kind of understand the whole thing. And yep. It's always easier when you can relate to people. Yeah. So, you know, Humble beginnings, they say. Humble beginnings. But, yeah, Sleepaway Camp's a good time. Yeah, but, definitely. The sequel's pretty much sucked, but... They're sorry, Felissa. <laughs> Those Sleepaway Camp, we're going to do them. We'll, do, we'll, do a rank, we'll rank them pretty soon, because that's kind of a small franchise. I think uh, we should do that and have her on. You know, I, I support that. I, I'd be very curious to her, her ranking of the other... I'm sure I know for a fact... The originals, numero uno in her book and our book and everybody's book. But uh, I wonder where she places those other friend, those other uh, sequels. The in, other, in yeah, because I know she has. She's in one of the other ones. I just can't four. remember right now which one she's it is. Four. She's in part four. She's uh, but there's a part two, which is uh, I think unhappy campers, and then part yeah, teenage wasteland, and they're like they're they're bad, but like they're bad in a fun way. Yeah. Uh, Weird. They don't take themselves seriously at all, which is like the best part. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's a train wreck. You know, you should look away, but you just can't. Yeah, I love it. It's they're some of my favorite like '90s cheese, you know, horror movies. Though, though, you know, those. I'm I'm more into the ones that have the cheese effect, though, because they're, they're like you said, they're more fun. You know, the first one. Kind of like Evil Evil Dead a little bit, where like the first Sleepaway Camp, you know, is a great slasher movie and scary. I feel, and um, especially the like that the visual of her when she gets up and she's screaming with her mouth open. You know, she's got the pinochle hanging. It's like <laughs> it's crazy, dude. Because uh, they're not expecting it. Because yeah. if you don't, because like not everybody picks that up at first at the beginning of the movie. You know, no, who's gonna think that's gonna happen? It's crazy. Uh, and then it goes into, the, and then the second and third are like very campy, no pun intended. You know what I mean? But like super campy and fun. Um, and 
The fourth one I've never seen, I'll have to admit. The one with her when they return, I think it's called Return to Sleepaway Camp. Um, I've never and seen I, And I think, I think I've seen it, but she's like, she's like a sheriff of something. She doesn't even come back as like a, a counselor or like a camp. I feel like that staff, she's like a cop or something. Well, I feel like that movie had no money probably to make. Like they probably attempt, they probably started it in hopes that it would catch on. And unfortunately it just didn't. So I couldn't finish it. So I remember correctly, I have a, I have the box set I have like the survival kit box set DVD. I want to say has like, the first 15 or 20 minutes, like an unfinished version of that fourth film, I believe. I'm pretty sure. Maybe it has the full thing. If it does, I should watch it. But I want to say it's not the whole movie. I could be wrong. But, you know, we're, we're, we wrapped up a, a complete TV show with this with this show. We should move in because we're going to have a super fucking long episode. Hey, whatever. It always, we always do anyways. Like. Well, that's the a, Facts and Creeps show. That's a <laughs> for, uh, for every Sleepaway Camp Gets Ranked episode coming up in the future with maybe a surprise guest host. Um, that'd be nice. And then we'll do an interviewed episode. All right. So uh, for, for, for uh, episode four segments, The Companion in uh, Liddy Lane's Better Half, which I, it was, I found very confusing and yeah. The, the, yeah, the, not a favorite. But so of those two, the companion was my definite favorite of those two. I agree completely on that. I, I, I gave the companion the golden ship of uh, sobriety, and it's living. Right. It's it. the gold buzzer. It's the the gold buzzer. The gold crow sits upon his head. You know what I mean? Yep. Uh, so next up, we got episode five. You know, we've got. Night of, Night the, of the Paw and Times is Tough in Musky Holler. Yeah, you better believe Times be tough up in there. Um, yeah, you know, I know that, uh, you know, Night of the Paw starring Bruce Davidson, you know, that was fun. It, you know, it was one of those, you know, mad scientist type thing, you know, situation plot. Um, Except it takes place in a funeral home. Yeah, it was, it, it, I took him as like a mad scientist type deal. Though. But yeah, it had like that weird... It was, uh, I don't know, this, I, I thought, I, I've seen this story played out many a time in, in, you know, shows and stuff like this as well. Like, it's kind of very, a uh, common deal, you know what I mean? Yep. Uh, you know, uh, the one thing that I, I did want to make note of, uh, when he, when his wife came back from the dead, I don't think I would, no matter how much I loved my wife, I don't think I'd kiss her that early from coming back from the dead. Nah, she needs to brush her teeth first. She got to do a lot of things. <laughs> it's like the same thing in like Hellraiser 2 when like makes out with the fucking the, 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 that lady who's like the dead lady who's all like just blood. Yeah, yeah before she wraps herself in the bandages, all, she, all you see are veins and blood. Even with the bandages, it's like... What's it's that? still gross. It's like, what are you on? That's true love. Yeah. Because I'm not kissing a mummy. What, what was her name? I forget her name. Man. Sin, sin, no, not Cynthia. Um, I, I don't know. Yeah, horror fans should use them in poems to their, to their significant others and say, even if you look like her, I'd still kiss your face. I'd still kiss your face. Um, so yeah, that I thought that that segment was you know it was kind of 
lame and a little played out, you know what I mean? It wasn't quite, wasn't quite what, uh, I don't know. I wasn't a big fan. Um, I do, I do, I do have, who, do you know who wrote and directed that one? I didn't even make note of that. Um, it was John Harrison and John Esposito. All right. So Harrison, what directed? Yep. Yeah, and I, you know, he's like I said, he's done some hits and misses too throughout the friend the series so far. So, yeah, uh, like, so far with everything, like I've liked half of them and I hated half of them. So I'm like literally fifty fifty on the on the series. Yeah. Well, yeah, and uh, but and I will say this: I am super. Another key element that I will give Greg Nicotero gigantic props for right here is the fact that John Harrison is involved directing segments. You know what I mean? And he's yeah. become a notable director outside of this. But like the fact that he brings in him, Savini, you know, these people that are like bringing that flavor, keeping that creep show flavor in it. You know, you know, uh, Joe Hill wrote a segment, Stephen King's son. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, I think that was the one, I think that was the episode that uh, Tom Savini did. Yeah, and uh, King himself wrote the first episode, I think. And, um, like, I love how he has these callbacks. I love how he brings all these these people back, you know, that... Like I said, he's keeping it, he's keeping it fresh for the new watchers that, you know, don't know who any of these people are, but there's something that's bringing back all of us who grew up with the original series. Yeah, yeah. And uh, great fanfare, of course. You know that's a big deal. You know, and, and I always people that <coughs> people that understand the importance of the fanfare are the people who uh, do the projects in that realm that I think yep. transcend and actually like go somewhere. You know what I mean? You know, you gotta, you know, people that pay homage to films. I feel like there's almost good ways and bad ways to do it, and like. You know, there's appropriate ways, and I think he, the way he 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 makes use of it is, I appreciate that make usage of it. Yeah. Um, so you know, time is tough. You know what I mean, a musky hauler. I actually enjoyed that one. Also, I mean, that's that's by John Harrison too, and the, did, the yeah, story but, is by John Skip and Dory Miller. Starring my our boy Da. That on. Yep. David yep. Arquette. Always good to see David Arquette, you know what I mean? Uh, he's got a documentary out right now that I want to see about his wrestling career. Very interesting character, you know. He's, he comes from the famous acting family. You know, he yeah, he's he had quite a career in acting himself. Um, then he the wrestling, you know, Ready to Rumble. Uh, was that was a fun movie. Life imitating art, huh? Yep. I like Ready to Rumble. Yeah, that was a good one. I I actually went and see that saw that one in the theater when that came out because at the time I was going through uh my re my rebooted love of wrestling and that was one I went and checked out when it came out and it was fun. I actually considered Ready to Rumble one of the only time one of the few times that WCW got the upper hand over WWF. Um, yeah, I, right, and they get the Nitro Girls and everything and on the, in it too. I really enjoyed that movie. You know, you got the <laughs> macho man. Get the macho man, Randy. Yeah, but, um, yeah I, I thought I thought this episode was, like, super fun because I, I was just – all I was picturing was, like, one big game of whack-a-mole. Yeah. It was like a – you know, the towns, they're locked up, and they, you know, under the football field, 
and they're making him do like a Coliseum type thing. It reminded me a little bit of Murder World. Are you familiar with Murder World? I, I've seen it once along with like when it first came out. Like, well, not probably when it first came out, but a while ago. Yeah, yeah. It, it had the elements of that in it. Which I've t- I talked to my lawyer buddy Butafuko. He's going to take care of that. Good, good, good. He's going to. I'm. I'm going to be directing uh, an episode of season three. Uh, did I did I say earlier in the episode? I just seen Joe Lynch is is currently directing an episode for uh, season three. <clears throat> oh, season two. Three, I believe. Oh, I guess because I don't even know. Cause season two hasn't even shown up yet. Oh, it hasn't. It's out. I want to say season two is out. I could be wrong. It's not on Shutter though. Because it's not no. on Shutter. They only have the first season so far. I could. Be, yeah, I could be. Maybe uh, I seen it somewhere. Maybe it was just announced that I seen it. But yeah, he's he's work. He's doing an up. He did an episode like a week or two ago, which I like. Joe Lynn. She's a good time. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. You know. So. uh... Out of these two segments, Mad Mel, what are you thinking for a um, for a, a favorite? A big win, a big win, yeah. Uh, for me, it's definitely times is tough. I agree with you on that. I agree with you. Episode six, Mad Mel. Yeah, both episodes. I liked both of the episodes coming up in episode six: Skin Crawlers and By the Silver Water of Lake Champlain. You know, I'm going to agree with you 110%. Because I think they, it was like they saved the best for last with ending the first season with these two episodes. You know, I made note. I made note that it kind of cliffhangered me a little bit where if I didn't think I, at this point, if I didn't think I was returning for season two, after this last episode, I w- I'd be returning for season two. Yeah, that's, that's exactly how I felt about it, too. Yeah, like I felt it was a good cliffhanger. They went out strong, um, and uh, yeah, I, I, it was it was it was a good deal. So without further ado, I guess we'll just pop up into it. Uh, the first one called Skin Crawlers. This one was directed by Roxanne Benjamin, who we brought up earlier. Um, fem- you know, filmmaker on the on the underground, doing good, working her way up the uh, the ladder, which is nice. Uh, written by Paul, was it Pins? I Paul Dini and Stephen oh, okay. Lang- yeah. Langford. Stephen Langford, I like it. Um, starring Dana Gould, stand-up comedian extraordinaire. Um, this one was cool. It was like a weird new weight loss program where, um, you know, they found these slugs. And uh, the whole deal is like they take these slugs and they, 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 they hook them in you and they, they put this... They put this fucking, uh, like, their saliva goes into your body and it breaks up all your fat and then they, it, like, sucks it out of your body and that's what it eats. And uh, you lose all your fat within, like, I don't know, two, three weeks or something like that. Yeah, it was, it was like, really crazy. Um, but when they do the live treatment on TV, there's, like, a, a solar eclipse or something and it starts causing... Um, Horrific side effects that, you know, they didn't know about when the experiment first started. And it starts literally killing them from the inside out. Yeah. Yeah, this was, I really like body horror. And this was like, um, 
I know the first episode kind of has body horror to it as well, but this one was really, I don't know if it's because I got some extra weight or what, but this one really struck home for me, and I like this one a lot. I like the whole take on it where, you know, this one even had, if you want to go to Cat's Eye, the, <coughs> the anthology film. Yep. This had, this had pieces of uh, Smoker's Ink, you know, little influence influences of that sprinkled on in this one. Um, to keep with the anthology vibe um, of other films, but I really dug this one a lot. You know, and, and, and Dana Gould I think played it really good, where he was this dude very like cautious. He didn't know if he wanted to do it or not. Um, rightfully so, you know. And this one seemed like realistic. Like I could see this. I could see one day this actually being like a real thing because you know certain people that have on a lot of weight. You know, I'll say fat people because I make fun of other people, I guess, on the show. But, you know, when fat people get a lot of weight on them, you know, they want to get rid of that weight. So, and I, they would do... And they'll, and they'll go to they'll go to extremes, you know. I speak from experience. You go to extremes. Like, when you're having so much trouble losing it, you'll do anything to lose it. If you had... If there was a thing where they shot in your arm a serum that they shoot you in the arm and then for the next five minutes... You lay on a bed and you feel like you're on fire, like like burning to death for five minutes straight, but you lose like 30 pounds. People would do that. Oh, my God. Yeah, because people are always willing to try. People try every diet fad out there. So if somebody came out and said, hey, we have these leeches that we just discovered. And would you like would you like to try this out and see how it helps you lose the weight you want to lose? They'd be like, yeah, sure, sign me up, and not even care about what the side effects are. As all they heard is it's going to help you lose weight. The, the special effects and whatnot in this, you know, when they actually, like, showed the creature in it were fantastic. I was totally skeeved out and, you know, made me not ever want to try any fad diet out there ever again. Well, that's what's so crazy. And, and what – that like the weight loss thing is such a great subject to tap into because like so many people deal with it. You know what I mean? And like yeah. even people that like aren't heavy, they have like a little bit of a pinch of baby fat, like on their belly. Like they don't want that pinch of baby fat there. So like did, you know, I think it touches, it hits, it hits home for a lot of people, um, which is great horror, great fuel for horror. You know what I mean? Because yep. more people that can be, you know, turned upside down and by it the better and um yeah the leech thing the reality of it is like anything would be yeah like like they're like there's probably you know they do all types of weird shit they use leeches to suck out fucking you know poison and, and infections and they yeah, have all the different bad toxins and stuff. yeah like it's only a matter of time i feel like they discover something that they could do and I don't think, like, the, the craziest part is, is, like, no matter how wild of a situation you could conduct of what you would have to do with whatever creature, you know, if the outcome was losing an enormous amount of weight or whatever you wanted to lose, people would do it, you know, and I have no doubt in my mind. Please, so, like, if, big, if Big Farm could actually, you know, make that happen, I'm sure they would because then they could, you know, rape people for a treatment where – you know, it probably wouldn't cost that much if yeah. we were to go and do it ourselves, whereas they'll turn around and charge you for, like, $10,000 for one leech. 
It's too, yeah, it's too quick for big business. Big business would want like an Amazon account payment thing where like you pay $20 a month and they continue to send you that pill that like keeps the weight off you. But if you don't get that pill, not only do you blow up to where you are, there's speculation that it doesn't stop and you just fucking explode in your living room. There's an awesome movie right there. You better pay your fucking health insurance to these big, big farmer. They want your money. They want all your money. They want your money or your soul. They want your mind. They want That's all mind. they care about is the money because I'm sure there's cures for a lot of things out there that they're not telling us about just so that they can keep uh, that money rolling in. It's a big business, unfortunately. You know, we just got very Behold the Pill podcast. And with that being said, everybody, you know, our brother show behold the pill podcast through the boombastic and dork boombastic media dorkening and network um networks they're not combined i should i should i should say that they're not connected so i don't get a lawsuit from leo get get a, get a check in the mail from a lawyer uh, <laughs> cash this and you're over but um what was I say? Oh, yeah, Behold the Pill podcast. New episodes coming. If you go to, they, they got a nice teaser trail that dropped today, like a 10 minute teaser trailer. It's fun. It's a bunch of different clips. I, I heard it earlier. And um, if you uh, go give it a checkout, you'll like it. If you can decipher the code, figure out what they'll be talking about in the next six episodes. Because I heard about that show, is they only release shows in six uh, episode batches because, like, you got to digest them, kid. So, you, 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 and then you, you, you got to think, you know, but there's a lot of things, you know, people don't like to think. So, you know, some people are going to be utterly confused just because of that factor alone, because, you know. So they give them more time to think about it before we upload their brain with more info. That's nice. I like that. That's good. That's yep. Perfect. But, uh, yeah, these leeches are, are a problem in this episode and, yeah, the the eclipse brings on, you know, the eclipse is one of those things all through time. It's always kind of been a bad, like, brought on. Like bad, a bad omen, yeah. yeah. Omen type deal. And uh, that that's worth looking deeper into. Now we're going mostly ghostly, where, <laughs> about, you know, the paranormal of uh, Mother Nature coming at us. But, uh, yeah, Skin Crawlers I thought was really good. You know what I mean? It doesn't get much creepier than that. Um, the uh, the next episode by the Silver Water of Lake Champlain. I thought that was really cool and fun. Uh, that was directed by our boy Sam Ramey. Tom Savini. Tom Savini. mind. I looked down. I, I I seen I seen a rat running across my floor, and it reminded me of. Uh, Evil Dead for some reason. I don't know. I'm, I don't know. It'll be all right. But Tom Savini, you know, uh, a director in his own right from the 1990 Night of the Living uh, Dead film for anybody out there. You know, Tony Todd in there doing kill it, fucking killing it. Yep. Uh, there's probably somebody else in there that I, I'm, I'm forgetting about. Forgetting at this moment, but I know Tony Todd was killing it. And Savini directed it. Um you know, so, so, yeah, this one was cool. Joe Hill, this was the one that Joe Hill wrote. Stephen yep. King's son, you know, good author. I've been re- I read his Hard Shape Box book was pretty cool. I read that, like, in the, within the last year. Uh, but, yeah, he wrote this. It was cool. This was a little it – it had some horror elements to it. I think it was just kind of the creature in it, which the creature looked fucking fantastic. Yeah, I mean, it did. 
I wonder if Savini did it. I, I assume he probably did, or maybe I don't know. I, I probably should have looked into that fun fact because that's now I'm interested. I wish I had an answer to it. Um, but yeah, the the it, it was like the Loch Ness monster. Loch Ness monster. It's all about like a father, you know, years ago goes missing, uh, trying to f- prove that the Loch Ness monster is real. And uh, he goes away forever, never to be seen again. And like the daughter and the mother are left in. Uh, the daughter- and the son. There was a young boy. Um, the mother remarries and the stepfather is very abusive. And yeah. though the young girl like wants to prove that, you know, champ, the monster is real to, so, you know, that people know that her father wasn't crazy when he died or disappeared. Yeah. Which is, you see that in some movies, that whole, whole deal where like the father is like this crazy town crazy guy and then the kid spends his entire life trying to get everybody to feel differently about that, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I liked, um, I liked when, you know, seeing they found the one that was dead on the on the beach by the water, yeah, and then was- I wasn't I was I wasn't expecting the bigger one to come out of the water and you know swallow the stepdad whole. But that 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 was the best part because he was such a douchebag that it was like, ha, that's what you get, you bastard. Well, it left his foot, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Okay, he left his foot, but still, like he got what he deserved for being a douchebag. Yeah, he deserved. Maybe even worse, you know. Those yeah. within the water are always, you know. I always like a like a like an alligator death or what, yep. what I assume would be the same to the Loch Ness kind of is. Uh, it was kind of it, it kind of like almost brought a tear to my eye too because you you're kind of figuring that the bigger one was probably like the mother. Oh yeah, and you know she drags her baby back into the water with her. That was kind of like heartbreaking. You know, because it's supposed to be a big bad monster. Well, hey, monsters have hearts. That's the every every monsters are just like misunderstood. You know what I mean? They're not like they're one of those things. You know, monsters are just kind of these things that I feel are very even. Without there's no hate, no love, but they're like kitty in a way where like you know they might do something that is an accident, like kill somebody, but they won't understand what they're doing. But then, if they get if the per if the, if they are they are now hurt because somebody thinks they're going to hurt them, now they're angry and now they're they they go on hurt you know scavenger. Yeah. But um, that's my take on a monster. Where I don't think the monster is natural. I mean, if we're talking about monsters like they're real, first of all, which we should be we should talk to somebody about. But for the most part, I think like they're like genuine they're kind of like humans you know they're not really they're not born bad the ones that go bad are kind of trained or programmed to be bad and yeah they're they're kind of just acting on instinct like like things that happen to them where like yeah they dealt with situations that kind of made them cold towards people or whatever so like that's the story um i feel like that's the same thing with monsters monsters but yeah these are cute which the funny thing about the the Loch Ness baby in this is that it is kind of has a cute element to it because it's small, but it's like super creepy looking because it looks like it's so realistic to like what would be there if if it was real. And it got even more creepy too after the the girl's boyfriend carved their names into the side of it, and you see the scar with all the blood and everything, like. Yeah. Bro, what were you thinking? Why? Yeah, yeah I, I said it's over. I said they're all dead. 
at that point that I'll be dead. I really thought it was. I really thought that was what was going to happen. That, the, you know, when the mother came out and killed the stepfather, that she was going to get them too, just for doing that to her baby. It makes it like makes sense realistically, especially if it's, I, I almost assume that it would have watched every, like everything that was happening. I almost feel like it was watching from the shadows, the entire deals. Cause it, you know, it wasn't just going to approach. It was probably wondering what was going on with, you know, what was the commotion around its baby's body type deal. Yep. Um, and cause it just kind of pokes its head out of the fog and snatches that dude up. So yeah, I'm <laughs> seeing the carving and it like, it like knew that that, it knew that carving was there. It made note and it was, uh, it was trouble, but it, it was trouble. It was almost trouble for them all. Yeah. But I think it was a little unrealistic, a little unrealistic in that sense. And within that unrealisticness will be the only reason why I'll give what I thought to be the best episode to King Crawlers. Um, yes, definitely. I think that was my favorite episode of the entire season. I agree with you on that. I think it's quite a toss-up. I think that by the end of this, maybe we should do some type of recap of um, what we think what we think the best. We will at the end. Um, so, yeah, we got that. Yeah, what the fuck? We're here now. Anyways, we're at the end, baby. So, yeah, there's only, which is surprising, too, that there was only six episodes for the season. Well, they're trying to keep in line with Behold the Pale podcast, where they only release in six episodes. Six at a time? Yeah. yeah that's, Make everybody think about it a little more before they go on to the next batch. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's uh, that's the future, though. That's, that's how everybody, I'll tell all the cool people are doing it these days. Yep, we'll film six episodes, we'll show them all, and then, you know, we'll release them in October, and then we'll go on a hiatus after the sixth episode and come back in, like, March and film six more. Yeah, we'll keep, we'll keep them wanting more, more and more. Okay, so, Billy Idol. Yeah. So, we got that, you know, the suitcase I enjoyed. I thought the suitcase was pretty cool from the first batch. Um trying to think if there's anything else in there that I thought was really, really super good that um, would have, you know, House of, of the Head was good, but it, it, it was just for that selection, I feel like I wouldn't just... I liked, I liked on that one. I, 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 was, I was Gray Matter on that one. Gray Matter on that one. Yeah. Um, the Finger with Greg Nicotero was fun on an episode two. And episode three, I... I I liked the man in the suitcase, and I, 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 but I think All Hallows Eve was kind of fun too. I remember, I think you picked All Hallows Eve, and I got the man. Yeah, I liked the man in the suitcase because it was very true to like the the nature of the story of the Jin. Yep. It was cool. Um. Yeah, so I, I, I would have to probably say, Skin Crawlers was my favorite segment of the entire first season, and and. Do you agree? Is that what you agree? I, I agree completely with you on that one. So, hey, we crown it up and, you know, Roxanne Benjamin, don't you get sad because I said I didn't like that episode because we just crowned you, you, sweetheart, the best segment of the entire season one creep show series. That's big. That's big. And I guess I give silver to uh, shit. We do. Uh, should we do most valuable player of of the whole? Um, most valuable player on that one, I would have to say. That's kind of tough, but I'd probably have to go with 
Oh God, that one's like super tough. Maybe the companion. The companion. Yeah. Companion's fun. It's a fun one. Um, I'd have to go with Lake Champlain, or maybe, um, maybe like uh, I don't know. I'd maybe Lake Champlain would be it. Would probably be would be my. I'd have to give that for the runner up. Um, yeah, you know. Now that I think about it, yes, just because of the fact the monster. Uh, best performance. What do you think the best performance, acting wise, from the whole whole thing would be? Does the monster count? The monster does count. Like Champlain, the monster wins. <laughs> uh, I give I give that to Jeffrey Combs as his character, and I even and I'll say it again. Even though I did not like that segment at all, um, I like I thought Jeffrey Combs was great in it. So I'll give him uh, maybe I'll give him the underdog award of the uh, of the of the of the season one. He got robbed, so like hopefully he's in another episode where you know the episode does justice to his acting abilities. Yeah, and we'll give all the MVPs can go to Nicotero, Stephen King, Harrison. You know what I mean? Savini, all the all the folks that return. We'll even give Joe Hill a, a pat on the back, a welcome to the team award. Welcome to the Creep Show. Fam. Yeah, because I was actually kind of curious to see that because I really enjoyed the show he did, The Outsiders, on HBO. I so, with his shows, yeah, the shows that they've made in the uh, his books that they've made in the movies and shows. I gotta check. I've seen Horns, but I gotta check out more yeah. of the stuff. Yeah, Horns wasn't bad. Um, I really I enjoyed that, and um, I didn't like, like the Outsiders was pretty good. I gotta check out the Outsiders. Uh, I, I I'll make a prediction. I think in season two, if that's next or three, we will soon see a Joe Hill directorial effort. I feel, but I could be oh, wrong. Oh, I'm sore. We'll see. Uh, it's only a matter of time. Uh, he's kind. He's horror royalty. Why not make? He's wrote wrote for films. Why not? You know, that's the thing. All these writers, you write, and it's like anything could happen to your script. You know, it could be completely uh, brutalized. Uh, yeah, and if he follows in his father's footsteps, you know that usually, you know, Stephen King's movies when they first came out were fantastic, and now you know you go back and rewatch them, and it's like, eh, this is kind of corny, but. Then you know they're they're rebooting them, so they look absolutely amazing. Like with it, so you know who's to say that you know if he comes out with something now that in like forty years it's not going to be made into something even more spectacular than it would be now. I'd like to see the son start directing and direct one of the father's books. That'd be cool. That would be an interesting to uh, take on it to see his perception of his father's books. But I'd have to go back and disagree with you a little bit on the King thing because those King book movies are fucking icon. A lot of those are I- iconic. That's back at a time when you were having masterful directors direct. You know, Carrie got Brian Palm, you got Carpenter, Christine. Uh, yeah, the only ones I didn't really enjoy were like the ones that were ones, specifically like made for guy. television. You know, like um, the Tommy Knockers and the Stand and the Lingoliers. Yeah, he those weren't. He had a deal where he like. The 80s were, like, solid. The 90s came in, and it, it was miniseries, which were, like, it's weird because, like, they're movies, but they're not movies, and they, you know, they're, they're, they're like, edited movies. You know, they're, like, cut out, like, clean. Yeah, clean. so it, it takes away from what the book really was. But I which enjoyed is, some of them, yeah. 
I, I, like I said, I haven't, like, it, I, because that was a made for TV, I enjoyed it, but like, the stand, the Langoliers, Tommy Knockers, it, it felt like there was something missing because I had already read the books. Yeah. And, you know, when you read the books and then you see something on TV, you're like, well, what about this? Or, you know, they forgot to put in this, you know, they take out key elements that make that story what it is. Just so, you know, they don't get in trouble for, you know, like a copyright infringement or whatever. I love, you know, the Langoliers. I, it's like a guilty pleasure of mine. I think I even, we got an episode with, with the great Anthony uh, Thurber coming up on guilty pleasures. And um, I think I discussed this. But, like, uh, Langoliers is a weird movie that I just love. But, yeah, like, Tommy Knockers it was a kind of a miss with me. The Stand, which a lot of people love, like, I just don't. It's not something I watch. Like, I respect it. It's there, but it's just not. And I like McGarris. But the stand's too much of a journey and, like, too slow. And I hate to say that, but, like, it's just, I don't know. It's not it is. I think, I think that's probably what, what, you know, takes away from it, too. Because there's some spots where it's like, can something happen now that ties this all together? Because I'm bored as hell right now. Yeah. But, yeah, the, the king things are starting to get good again. You know, not that they weren't good then. It's just you expected a little more. Because in the 80s, you were having these masterful people make these these Stephen King movies, you know, and then TV miniseries came in, and they were making they were making the TV show the t- miniseries, but they're also making like cheaper films, you know what I mean? Um, you know, Firestarter is from that '80s era, but it was kind of I remember it ca- kind of falling flat. I should give it a rewatch before I talk any trash, but like I remember maybe it was, sometimes it. You know, I know the father and daughter relationships big in there, and maybe that was something that I couldn't kind of relate to in any any way as a kid. So maybe if I rewatched it now, I might be able to appreciate it more. But uh, yeah, Firestarter was one of the ones from like almost a golden era of um, Stephen King movies that wasn't that great. But yeah, it you know the TV movie for it was really good. Langoliers I enjoyed. Um, you know, the Storm of the Century, I'd have to rewatch, but I remember, like, not really digging it. But, I, you know, got to go back. Riding the Yeah, bl- I don't think I've actually seen that one. Um, I've seen a lot of the newer ones that, you know, have been, like, Netflix releases. Quil- Quicksilver Highway even holds a special place in my heart because I remember, like, I remember it premiering. You know, I remember, like, it premiering on TV. It was, like, a big deal and stuff. Uh, I believe it was the USA Network for me. I think I don't know for sure. Rose Red is a, a lot is, of those. Rose Red's an underrated Stephen King movie where it's super. I love Rose Red. That's like that's actually one of the better ones that were you know Craig TV mini series type things. Yeah, I enjoy some Craig R. Baxley. I think he might have done the Night Flyer, but I could be wrong. I think I am wrong. Night Flyer is also a good Steve, like an underrated Stephen King uh, movie. There's a lot of cool imagery in that. You know, there's a lot of cool, some oh, those those even some of those like lesser known King film, Dreamcatcher. That's a King. Yes, you know, that also, was a fun one. Yeah, you also have like um, the Green Mile, which in Shawshank Redemption, which people don't realize they're Stephen King books turned into movies. You know what I mean? Yeah, because they're not horror related, so they wouldn't. You know, people don't think that. Stand by he me, King book, yeah. It's um, Hearts in Atlantis. Yeah, a lot of classic stuff. Uh, the Golden Years. <clears throat> the Golden Years is like I can't even remember anything. That that were, in my heart of hearts, I I, I say that the, the Golden Years was worse than the Tommy Knockers, which was pretty rugged. 
And I got to, uh, but I should give it a rewatch because I, uh, yeah, I got it on, I actually got it recently when I was trying to find the Langoliers on DVD and I, I found it on a, um, like a three pack DVD. And I want to say the golden years, the Langoliers and I don't know, something other, uh, some other weird thing on there, not needful things, which needful things is a really cool film too. There's no gore in it. But it's got some super creep. The ending's like the av- ending is devastating. The ending is one of those things that you. It's it's just like a, a like a wow moment kind of. And I'm hyping it up more than I should. So if people watch it, they'll go, "This is nothing." But I love the ending, the Needful Things. It was a fun story. Have you seen Needful Things? Yeah, I've seen Needful Things. Uh, the Dark Half. I've seen just about everything. I've missed a few here and there, but like some, like like. Sleep it's just like anything else, you know. Some stick out more than others. Some are more memorable than others. Graveyard shift, yeah. Iconic. That's definitely a good one. Cemetery, like iconic. We're talking about iconic. When you really like, yeah, like to, yeah, like really, like the list is is unraveling in front of my my eyes and my brain. And yeah, the, the, like the gigantic amount of good films in there. Big body of work. Uh, I must say, he's probably got a like. A, as far as authors go, he's probably got to have the best turnaround for fi- his films. Going into screenplays, so yeah, going like he, he he even even the ones that he don't like, The Shining. <laughs> I mean, how can you forget about The Shining? The Shining's such a great movie. Like people that hate, people that fucking despise horror movies and think it's like stupid to watch them will go will love The Shining. You know what I mean? Like, yep. It's in a ballpark of its own, which is kind of cool. A whole category of its own. Oh, but, my God. It's a masterpiece. And he doesn't – and he don't like it. S- Stephen King don't like Kubrick's The Shining. He prefers – No. He likes the TV Shining. version. With Stephen Weber from Wings. And I, I like Mick Garrison, Stephen Weber, but I couldn't get myself out of that Wings mode. I, I grew up watching Wings, like, right before wrestling all the time. And right, it was, so it took away from it because you were so used to seeing him as portraying a certain character. To see him in a different role is kind of like, uh, what the heck is this? That was a USA Network show. That USA Network had some cool shows for a little bit. They had some good stuff going for him. I don't even know what they play now. They might not even. I don't really either. Like I, I miss when they used to do like the up all night horror movies on the weekends and. Back in the days of, like, when Channel 56 had the Creature double feature, you know? Now, the Bill Coin wearing the t-shirt. Right. So we got to remember by... um, We need some... Well, actually, we've designed. We just need to get off our boutiques. Or I do. It's me. I blame myself. And get that shirt out. If anybody listening, there will be... How about this? If if one person... This is how we'll know if we have any fans... If one person posts that they want a shirt, <laughs> put the shirt out. We'll see how it goes. Right. It could be too sad of a subject. Um, I might. I I might just have one made up for me because I, I want a hoodie. I know. I would. Well, it's a cool. Uh, without giving away, it's a cool color. Mel knows the color. I know the color. It's very COVID. It's with the COVID times. Uh, it has a nice, a nice. Uh, it'll have a nice ring to it when we announce it, but. That wouldn't that color would make a really cool hoodie. I'd rock that hoodie. Oh yeah, all day. Maybe we'll have to make it happen. Make it. Happen. Get, get hoodies. Get get special made hoodies for us, and then t shirts for everybody else. 
well, VIP. If they if they if they become a part of the VIP fan club, yep, the situation. But yeah, we'll do our Patreon, the shop, the yeah. shock treatment store. We should do a fucking Patreon. I'm gonna set that up. Because I was looking at I was looking at something the other day, like Vistaprint. You can make masks now. So I was playing around with the with the design for the T-shirt mm-hmm. on face masks and. One of the prints I came up with was kind of dope, especially with the colors that you can choose. Sure. So you could have it like color coordinate with the hoodie or, you know, other colors that are incorporated with the hoodie. I like that. I know your favorite color. We should get one that that color. The purple. Yeah, I won't argue that because that was one of the colors I was messing with on, the, on the, the Vista print thing for the masks. I might tease that there might actually be like Maybe a Mad Mel. Mad Mel inspired hoodie. Mad Mel purple. Maybe you'll be able to get some type of shirt in a Mad Mel purple. Once we once we take over the world, <clears throat> we'll get shirts of ourselves made up. So we could do a Mad Mel shirt like an animated deal. We got. I, I made myself an anime character yesterday. I seen that. Is that like a new app going around or something? It was a filter on Snapchat. I was bored and playing around with Snapchat, and I saw that, and I'm like, oh, this is cute. Click. <laughs> That's how I made the Boombasticast picture of us as Family Guy people. Yeah. Let me know you can hey. a good app. You can make a good little promo for the, uh, for the show. For the show Hell yeah. Boobinas. So, you know, I think with that, we, uh, we, we went on a mighty journey into the realm of Creepshow Part 2. <laughs> we don't usually. <laughs> it's nice, uh, a little something extra. If we did do, yeah, we uh, we talked about an after hours show before. This is kind of after hours, even though yeah, uh, we 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 break down the barriers, folks. Where you can't even tell the difference between an after hours and, a, and an official shock treatment, Mel and Maddie show episode deal. But uh, yeah, <laughs> is there anything you would like to say in closing, Mad Mel over there? Um, I think everybody should check out season one of Creep Show and, you know, voice your opinions. If you agree with us, let us know. If you disagree with us, let us know. Hell yeah. Hit us up. Uh, we love the debate. Love to hear your opinion. You know, um, it's not, you can follow us on Twitter. You can follow us on Facebook. So just drop us a line. If there's something that you want to discuss, give us an idea. We'll shout you out when we do the episode. And if you have anxiety... We won't shout you out or, or debate. We'll just let you give your opinion. It'll be all right. You can feel safe. It'll be all right. We're all here. We're here for our patience. We'll do an episode of shock treatment, like the masked, the masked singer, you know, make people guess who the person with the mask on is. I support that. <laughs> make it fun. Something like that. For shizzle. But, hey, I think we took up enough of the people's time today. For this, yeah. You know what I mean? We'll give them a little. We'll give them their day back, their evenings back, and let them uh, enjoy. Uh, you folks are going to be getting this. You want to go into a time warp? Uh, Mostly ghostly just put out a new episode on time warp, and you, everybody listening right now just entered a time warp because we recorded this episode yesterday. yesterday. Woo! All right, folks. We'll catch y'all on the next episode of, of Shop, Shop Treatment, Treatment with Mel. And Maddie. Maddie.